0: Hi, this is James Barris. I hope you find this talk supports you in your practice. If you'd like to support my teaching, you can use the donate button underneath my picture on Dharma Seed to do that. Your support is greatly appreciated. In our practice, in our Dharma practice, you come to a meditation center, um, uh, Spirit Rock or Gaia House or um, or some some place that you might have sat a retreat, and um, it's a very private affair. Yes, there is Sangha, one of the three jewels, refuge in the Sangha, but you uh, you come, you sit, you go inside, and it's a very internal experience and the practice can become very um, individualized and Sangha of course, you you are all in uh, or connected with one earth, with uh, London Insight, and so um, there is a sense of some connection there. But it's not so often that we we talk and connect about what really goes on inside, especially our concerns and our and our fears. Um, so one thing I I want us to uh, to see in coming together and hope we experience in coming together is that uh, your practice is not just for you. And that particularly at this time, um, refuge in Sangha is possibly one of the most important things that we we need to remember. We're, we're not getting through anything by ourselves. Um, this is uh, what um, Nelson Mandela calls the, the multiplicity of courage. When we uh, see others and, um, and feel their caring and engagement, it rubs off on us. And uh, we join something that becomes much larger than ourselves. I want to share with you uh, a passage that I love. Uh, this is from Bhikkhu Bodhi, one of the the great translators, scholars um, and uh, minds in modern Buddhism. He, If you have the middle-length discourses or the, the connected discourses, or all the big references, all the translations of the Pali canon, it's Bhikkhu Bodhi uh, likely who's done that translation. Um, and in the last decade, uh, a few decades, he's become um, a real uh, engaged activist. He started something called Buddhist Global Relief, which um, uh, has fed uh, hundreds of thousands of, of people around the world, mostly from marginalized countries, and uh, done great work in um, education, bringing education to, uh, to young to young girls, particularly in, in, uh, uh, in uh, marginalized countries or underdeveloped countries. That's a kind of interesting word, uh, capitalistically underdeveloped countries. Uh, uh, and uh, he wrote an essay called uh, A Challenge to Buddhists. So I want to share Bhikkhu Bodhi's words. This is just an excerpt from that essay, and you can Google it. And, uh, and see the whole essay. It's, it's quite wonderful. He says, If the Dharma in the West becomes solely a means to pursue personal spiritual growth, I'm apprehensive that it may evolve in a one-sided way and thus fulfill only half its potential, attracting the affluent, and the educated, it will provide a congenial home for the intellectual and cultural elite, but it will risk turning the quest for enlightenment into a private journey that in the face of the immense suffering which daily hounds countless human lives can present only a resigned quietism. The special challenge Facing the Dharma in our age is to stand up as an advocate for justice in the world. A voice of conscience for those victims of social, economic, and political injustice who cannot stand up and speak for themselves. And we can include planet Earth in this. Bhikkhu Bodhi has since done a lot of work around uh, climate. This in my view is a deeply moral challenge, marking a watershed in the modern expression of Buddhism. I believe it also points in a direction that the Dharma should take if it is to share in the Buddha's ongoing mission to humanity. Bhikkhu Bodhi, uh, a challenge to Buddhists. Uh, A few years ago, I. Was uh, I did a retreat at Spirit Rock, and um, the, uh, it was led by uh, another wonderful, brilliant um, scholar and meditation master, uh, Venerable Bhikkhu Analio. He's written a, a brilliant. Many, many brilliant things, but one is uh, his book on the Satipatthana Sutta called Satipatthana. Uh, If you've heard of Bhikkhu Analyo, just raise your hand. I'm wondering if there's any, A few have. He's extraordinary. He, when you sit with him, the group is sitting and walking and sitting and walking, and he's just sitting for hours on end, and just then speaks in uh, just this, uh, amazingly uh, profound and eloquent style. He's from Germany originally. And uh, I was sitting on a retreat, it was a, a, the Anapanasati retreat uh, on the 16 steps of mindfulness of breathing and very, you know, getting down there, you know, deep dharma and and practice. And the last morning of the retreat, he completely surprised me, and I think everyone. He said, this morning, I'm going to bring up a subject that some people think might not be appropriate for the Dharma Hall. And I think it is perhaps one of the most important things we can be discussing. And then he went on to... um, a very moving um, sharing about climate, and I was—I didn't know how um, his his interest in climate, uh, but there he was, this great meditation master, saying, "We need to talk about this. Some people might think it's not appropriate." for dharma conversation it's what we need to be talking about and then he wrote a book called mindfulness and climate change um and um i asked him actually i i had him at a spirit rock climate uh we did a climate day a, a number of years a few years ago when i had some guests that i interviewed over Zoom, um, about climate. And he had just finished um, sitting a five-week sit, personal self-retreat. And he said the theme for the, his practice was climate. I said, really? Tell me about it. He said, yes, every day I would, I would spend uh, the morning just reflecting on where we're at, and where we're going, and what could be done. I happened to catch him the day after he got out of the retreat, so it was really fresh. And I, and he started talking about, you know, this discourse and that teaching and things like that. And I said, "Oh, I, I, that's great to hear what you were." what you the the different teachings you were exploring but let me ask you i have something maybe a bit more personal to ask you i said how was that for you and after a little prodding he said um it was a lot it was intense and i said did you have a lot of emotions come up he said oh yes I said, well, tell me about, he said, I said, I want you to tell, I want everybody to hear about it. And he said, I don't like to talk about myself. I said, No, this is really important for people to know that you have all of these mm, painful emotions. He said, I saw uh, the statue of David, one of his favorite pieces of of art, Uh, just the arm of David by itself because uh because of climate disruption and the statue had been broken and all kinds of all kinds of scenes of the the possibility of of the uh repercussions from uh, climate disruption and he said it was it was so important to let myself feel all the feelings go through all of the emotions, so that you know, just like in in the Dharma. The, the Buddha asks us to, to contemplate five daily reflections every day or the five remembrances that I will grow old if one lives long enough. I am not beyond aging. I will become sick. I am not beyond sickness. I will die. I am not beyond death. Everything and everyone near and dear to me, I will be separated from. And my actions are my true belongings. My happiness and unhappiness depends on my actions and my habits and my choices. So the Buddha says, think about this every day, not to... Bum ourselves out, not to depress us, but to um, open to the truth, so we're not afraid of it. Just like he he said, he starts out his teaching with the first noble truth. Yes, there's suffering, and the more we can come to terms with the truth, the greater the possibility of coming to the end of suffering. So. Uh, um he said this is very important it was very important for me to just feel all of those um those disturbing feelings and process them so that then I can uh, metabolize them and and make them uh part of my my practice and so there will undoubtedly be feelings that come up. There has to be when you when you get when you open to uh, to this this topic, um, and that's okay. But we don't want to be stuck in our feelings that immobilize us. So there's a, a process of opening up to um, opening up to it all, but holding it in a space of an open, loving heart. I can share you maybe a little bit about myself. I, as was mentioned, uh, I, I wrote a book Awakening Joy and Awakening Joy for Kids, and I lead this, a uh, awakening joy course i've been doing it now for 20 years or so and i i'm somebody who likes to look at the possibilities and uh, i am an optimist by nature and i i have a, a sense of, of of trust in in life and in the universe but when i first got into um really looking at climate uh, it shook me. It shook me tremendously. First, there was a, a movie, *An Inconvenient Truth*, by uh, that was with Al Gore, uh, and that that had its imprint. And then I read a book a few years uh, later called *Earth* by Bill McKibben, but the Earth is spelled E A A R T H. Earth as if it's a, um, it's a mutant Earth. It's the Earth that we might be turning into. Anybody, if you know Bill McKibben, have heard of him, raise your hand. I'm curious. So he, in, in, in the States, he's one of the most uh, respected uh, activists there is. He founded something called 350.org. Anyway, I read Earth, that book Earth, and it really shook me. Uh, and I thought, oh my goodness, uh, this is where we're heading. And I went through maybe one of, uh, I've gone through maybe about three or so really, uh, dips down into, oh my goodness, this might be too much for me. And I would get depressed for a while then say, okay, what, what am I going to do now? And, uh, I remember being with um, a friend, Lou Leonard, who is now one of the he's a co-founder for One Earth Sangha, a a very wonderful platform. In fact, Chen, if you'd put it in the box, oneearthsangha.org is the the website um, with lots of trainings and uh, lots of wonderful uh, programs. And uh, Lou. Happened to be the the also the um the director at that time of climate for World Wildlife Fund. I don't know if England, if you hear about World Wildlife Fund, but it's a it's one of the main environmental uh organizations. And he was the climate program director, and he was also a a, a strong Dharma practitioner. And I said, um, I I was trying to process all of this, uh, and I said, Lou, I don't know what I can do. Um, I I feel like I have to do something. It's really hitting me the the impact of of climate. But all I've been doing for for years is uh, sharing the Dharma and teaching awakening joy. And I kind of said it with kind of rolling my eyes a bit like oh yeah. Uh, and he looked at me and he said. Well, James joy might be one of the most important things we need to keep in mind, so you just keep on talking about joy. and apply it to climate. And I. um I said, okay, I can do that. And so in the last years, I've been sharing my Awakening Joy classes, uh, but talking about the importance of waking up and coming from joy and coming from love uh, in, in our practice, because otherwise it's it's too big to hold. We get overwhelmed with it. And to start off on, um, on some teachings, I wanted to share with you um, Joanna Macy, something from Joanna Macy, who is probably, you're familiar with, one of the most inspiring teachers um, in climate and in our community. She's been a, a dear friend for many years. Uh, and has teaches at Spirit Rock and has done lots of retreats. Um, Joanna has something called the spiral uh, from her book, Active Hope, uh, it's in there. Um, the four steps in Joanna's spiral, gratitude, you open your heart when you see what is worth Loving and saving in this world. Uh, And then from that wider space, you have a bit more room to metabolize and uh, a lot more room to metabolize and honor your pain, which absolutely is part of this process. And then as that becomes metabolized, digested, then you see with new eyes, with fresh eyes, the possibilities of what you can do and what we can do that leads to the last step of going forth. So I wanna spend a, a, a few moments with, with you in gratitude. Just for a few moments, I invite you to close your eyes. And first, having it very personal, start to get in touch with the blessings in your life, the people in your life, the gifts you've been given, how grateful you are. You might call up a blessing and just give a simple thank you right from your heart as you get in touch with each one. And now take a breath and let that gratitude turn towards the earth, turn towards nature. However you connect, whether it's the nature in your immediate surroundings or in a bigger perspective, what? are you grateful for in nature or in life, this planet? What touches you? And perhaps give a thank you to nature and to the Earth.